It's dangerous to go alone. Here, take this. It's The Gamer Show with Brad and Charles. Hiya, folks, and welcome to another episode of The Gamer Show with Brad and Charles. I'm Brad. Uh, then we're gonna. We're just going to say I'm Brad, he's Charles, whatever. Um, how are you doing this evening, Charles? <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm feeling very immune. Oh. So someone is 100% trackable now? Yeah, definitely. The the 5Gs are flowing through my veins. There you go. All right. You got to you got to download more 5Gs. Okay. Yeah, so everybody get your tracking app. No, that's too weird. Okay. So so yeah, none of neither one of us believe the conspiracy theories theories anyway. Yeah, so. pre, yeah, we we went over that in the previous episode. So yeah, no. It, it's get your goddamn vaccine so we can get back to normal fucking life, people. I am so very happy about that fact um, that I got my second. So right before we were going to record our episode, our last episode, but uh, it was Easter weekend and we just decided to take a week off um, is right after that. The day after that was when I got my second dose of the Moderna vaccine. So um, yeah, uh, tonight we're recording this and I'm less than 24 hours away from being two weeks past that. and meaning I'm immune probably for six months based on everything they're saying about it. So, mm-hmm. yep. so oh. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about it. I feel a hell of a lot better about that, especially because every time I go out to go shopping, God damn it. People in this area, put your mask over your fucking nose or wear a mask. One of the two that, that happens way too often in where I live here. So, yeah, same here. I, I just don't care anymore. I just do what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's get to let's get to video game news, shall we? Sure. Why not? Isn't that what we're here for anyway? Uh, I mean that and talking shit about China and other stuff like that. You know, that was our first episode, right? The <laughs> first unaired episode. Anyways, uh-huh. and and I continue to shit on China because. Fuck China. Anyways. I may release that one day. You, you can't hear the re- folks. The reason why that one never aired is because it was a one-sided conversation because somebody forgot to record himself. That person oh. shall remain nameless, but let's just say his name uh, rhymes with Chad. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, so, fair enough. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. So, so all you really hear in that episode is Charles aside, which has a lot of fuck China's in it. So I'm, I don't know. We yeah. may release that as a bonus or something one day. We'll see. Who knows? Whenever we're bored, we'll do that. Um, Anyways, the first news story, and this literally, I think, just came out today. Um, Brad, did you know Amazon had a gaming studio? For about 30 seconds, right? Apparently, it's still around. Is it still around? I thought they axed the game. No, no, they axed something. Uh, Amazon Game Studios, well, they've been axing a lot of things, but uh, they just uh, recently... Um, canceled the Lord of the Rings MMO they were planning. Isn't there already a Lord of the Rings MMO? I don't know. Right. It's a free-to-play thing. Right, but it also... um, it's Some people like it, but it's not great from what I've heard. Well, neither were any of the... Okay, let's be honest. Unless you're World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy, your MMO is not going to be great. Or, 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 I take that back. Elder Scrolls Online, I hear, is pretty good. But 
Okay, outside of that, your MMO is not going to be that great. So, most likely. Yeah. Which we can talk about that in a few minutes too. But, nice. but yeah, apparently it was just a, a. There's a new story out there right now that Amazon has canceled its Lord of the Rings MMO game. It was announced back in 2019, but uh, yeah, that's not happening apparently. Maybe they just um, re- maybe they finally realized that there was already a Lord of the Rings MMO game out there. <laughs> I oops. I don't know like they they've already talked about they've already canceled like Crucible was a game they canceled. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, yeah Crucible was supposed to be Crucible and they were like hyping the hell out of that game too. Mm-hmm. Um <sighs> more delays and everything and and like no one's even sure what the amazon gaming studio is actually working on at this point that's kind of the weird thing about this it's like all right that's great you're they were like all right the, the at least you're focusing on the lord of the rings mmo nope that's not happening now okay what are you doing And no one seems to know the answer to that. Star Wars, the old Republic MMO. Are they actually doing that? No, that's a joke because. Okay. Star Wars, the old I mean, MMO. well, so no, now again, I, I don't know about the, the first Lord of the Rings MMO or anything, or what this one was supposed to be because they didn't really say a whole heck of a lot about it. Although I believe it was supposed to come out this year based on when they announced it back in 2019. Um, But yeah, it's, yeah. So, you know, Jeff Bezos is leaving and all of a sudden, uh, nothing's really working out the way it's supposed to. Oh, come on. Don't, 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 don't you think that Jeff Bezos still has some sort of control over there at Amazon? Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah, Although, yeah. well, he's still there too. Yeah, he's yeah. stepping down later this year as CEO. Yeah, but, but yeah, as CEO. But he, you better believe. He's oh, he's be there. he is made of money at this point. So I really don't give give a flying fuck about Jeff Bezos at this point. I never cared about him even before then. Yeah, so, I don't care. So, okay. speaking speaking of MMOs, uh-huh. so we were talking in a previous episode about. You were very interested in the Magic Legends MMO. Well, I guess is an MMO. Uh, it's not it, it's, well, it's well, a Diablo type game. Although from what I from what I've seen of some gameplay, like you can see other people, you do play with other people. Well, yeah, whether you I mean, want to or not. Yeah, I mean you can do that with Diablo too, but we'll, but right. yeah. I guess so. So, uh-huh. did you? I, I would say, have you gotten a chance to play the game? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Yes, I played it. I just never really got out of the tutorial stages. Oh, that's kind of the feedback that I've seen. I've not personally played it myself. Um, uh, we talked about it again before we went to open beta mm-hmm. and I wasn't hyped for it. It didn't look like it was something I was going to like. 
And that's coming from someone who loves Magic the Gathering. And it was very much based in the Magic the Gathering world. Mm -hmm. And there's, I've been watching other people playing it on their streams and stuff, and it pretty much does nothing good from what I've seen. It does some things okay, but other things it just does really poorly. Uh, it's very confusing, apparently. Uh, monetization's already on it. And it's not real clear exactly how that's supposed to work or anything like that. They have three different symbols for the same thing. And none of them match at all. And it's like, this is very, this looks very confusing. And, and one, uh, the person I saw the first saw play it was a uh, day nine. He was a very big streamer and, you know, he's really good at video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of respect his opinion because he, this he's like, I love this type of video game. This is my jam. I loved playing this growing up like Diablo and stuff like that. And it's like, I'm really looking forward to this because he also is a magic, the gathering player and everything. And, um, so it, it's one of those, um, I was really interested to hear his opinion on it and watching him play, uh, the, the first day it came out on, uh, on open beta, mm-hmm. he was playing it on stream. And after two hours, he put it down and he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm not coming back to this unless they make some major changes. Cause, and he was criticizing it all over the place and rightfully so, because I was looking at it too. And I'm like, as someone who doesn't know MMOs or whatever you would call this, it's, very confusing and it's not it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and even with that being said let's get beyond the gameplay there the technical problems with the game is also a huge problem it's very laggy it's very uh the graphics are not great at times especially during apparently during the uh tutorial it's the worst mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I'm not going to be too hard on it with, with the graphics and the lagginess and the bugs just yet because at least it is open beta, though we know what their open betas usually end up becoming final products with the same problems. But it is still open beta. At least they're not releasing a full retail game that was in development for 10 plus years and was released buggy as hell. This is true. Yes. Um. And, and again, I give it a little bit of a pass on that. Although there are some things, if you're going to open up to open beta, mm-hmm. some of these, some of these issues that they're having aren't bugs. It's performance issues. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. Yeah. And that, that's the distinction. Like bugs are going to happen mm-hmm. that there's, it's inevitable when you have, you know, dozens of people were writing code for a game or more than that, even probably writing code for a game and you're compiling their code together. It's going to, you're going to have bugs mm-hmm. where some people's code doesn't match up to other people's code and things don't work right. Right. That's to be expected. That's why it's considered in beta. Mm-hmm. That's what you're supposed to be testing is for those type of bugs and stuff. The problem is performance issues 
is not a bug. No. If you're having performance issues in a open beta, you are probably having them in the closed beta or the alpha for this game, and you still went ahead and proceeded. Here's what gets me about that. What type of performance issues were they having in the alpha and the closed beta? Because they are having major performance issues. Are these the same ones that were in the alpha and the closed beta? I don't know. And, and you know what? Uh, we may never know that because again, because a lot of times those closed betas and like the alphas, um, it's basically insider people. Yeah. Yeah. Is usually involved with those type of things. Correct. Man, these and the and usually in, in D, NDAs are yeah. usually probably involved, so yeah. that we may never know what was in those alphas or or those early days of this game before it was opened up on the beta, for the open beta. Um, we may never know that. Um, I remember I remember beta testing um, the relaunch of. But I, I was in the beta for both um, World of Warcraft and the relaunch of Final Fantasy XIV or Realm Reborn for both of those. And I can mm-hmm. tell you right now, both companies, Square Enix and Blizzard, took player feedback extremely seriously for, for both performance issues, even things they like, even down to the point to where um, like the, the quest complete or the quest accepted uh, messages that appear on the screen um in in final fantasy 14 they had to shrink the size of the text down because players were complaining that the text for like quest accepted and quest um completed and all that was extremely too large in the beta um that they had they ended up shrinking that text down a little bit even something as minuscule as that so it makes me wonder if they really don't care what players think well and this is the other thing too and this is this is kind of this is kind of Wizards MO and 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 I don't necessarily think it's Wizards necessarily, Wizards of Coast, but it's it's more it's definitely Hasbro. Mm-hmm. Um uh they've shown in their arena product, they've shown in their paper products they, for Magic the Gathering that the player feedback doesn't matter. Um, there was a lot of pushback against the secret layer stuff. Mm-hmm. It appears that's definitely not going away. In fact, that we got to, I'll get into that whole thing because I've got a lot to say about magic the gathering right now. Um, it, well, it, it's weird because didn't, um, now I don't play D and D, but D and D, um, fifth edition, didn't they roll back a lot of stuff that was put into fourth edition because players did not like it. Yes, but so, that happened. That happened before Hasbro bought Wizards. Okay. Fifth edition came out before Hasbro acquired Wizards of the Coast. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of kind of think of it that way. That's why I'm saying more Hasbro. Than wizards, kind of like what's going on with Blizzard these days, where it's more Activision. Where after Activision acquired Blizzard, they stopped listening to the fans. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but again, with 
and I could go on and on about Wizards of the Coast and especially Magic the Gathering right now. And I, I will in a minute uh-huh. um, because I've got things to say about that and they're not, they're not great. Um, but uh, yeah, so like in the way they treat their software stuff, like basically we've been getting updates to Magic the Gathering Arena on a pretty regular basis, not just with new sets like they did this weekend with the new set that's coming out called Strixhaven. Um, but every time they're doing an update to Arena, Magic the Gathering Arena, more and more performance issues start showing up. Oh, oh, about that. I, I noticed um, Arena is now on um, on tablet, on mobile devices. Yes. Yes. I've got a review of that too. That's coming up later. <laughs> I need to play that. I've got it installed on my iPad. I have not played it yet. So I'll be interested to know what your review on that. Was. Okay. So iPad's a little different. I don't know how that's going to work on there. Cause I have Android devices. So it's the same. Uh, well, right. But I'm, I've got things to say about that too. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. So my, my, and my feelings about not wanting to play magic legends um, before the open beta started haven't gotten to the point where I want to jump, uh, download it from the Epic store and start playing it. Let's put it that way. Um, can it be, fi- can it be fixed? Can it be saved? Yes. These are performance issues can still be fixed in the open beta these the glitches and all that other stuff uh they can fix the symbols on there to where they all match the way they're supposed to and they can put the explanations in better they can take these feedback that that they're getting from a lot of different uh content creators specifically where they have video recordings of them playing the game and they can physically see what they're talking about when they're complaining about something, they need to be paying attention to that. Do I believe that they're going to do that? No chance in hell. I don't say no chance in hell. Mm-hmm. I say slim to none. So no chance in hell. There's a possibility. There's an, there was, so there was enough negative that I could grow a monkey out of my ass too, but that's not. So here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Brad. Here's the thing, Brad. When arena came out Uh on open beta for that, there was a lot of positive feedback on it. There were glitches Uh and there still are, Uh but there was a lot of positive feedback on it. Yeah, and I truly, and I, and I truly, and I truly believe that's why we haven't seen a whole lot of changes from open beta to what it is currently now yeah, is I, because I there was enough there, but because there was enough positive feedback. on. Yeah. It. I was playing it during the open beta days and I, I really enjoyed it. So, but yeah, there was so much negative feedback and so much negative stuff on this on magic legends when the open beta released. Mm-hmm. And it was from like invested players. And what I mean by that is it was by players of Magic the Gathering who was going to this game to try it out because it was Magic the Gathering. And 
Magic the Gathering is by far the most complex card game there is. Yeah, I'll give you that. And when those people, and when those people, people who do that for a living, can't figure out your video game after several hours of play and after going through a tutorial, that's a problem. And that's not a glitch. That's not something that would normally be fixed in open beta. I am hoping they heard that feedback because it was pretty loud, especially that first week it came out. I'm hoping they hear that and make the changes that need to be done. But I still don't think it's going to happen. I think it's very, I think it's very unlikely that it'll happen because Hasbro is the one who who's behind all this now. And all they're looking at is how can we make more money? And they can make more money by not supporting the software that they put out there, which is what they've done with a lot of the other software that, that that's been put out there under Hasbro. Yeah. But if you don't get a player base behind it, then you've just, you've lost money in the development of the software. Because if nobody's playing it, I mean, all you really, granted you may have the whales out there, but outside of that, because isn't it, isn't there, um, can't you buy, isn't there a currency thing for the game? Oh yeah, there is. Oh, there's monetization up the wazoo on it. Yep. So that's, that's where they'll make their money is from, from that. Yes. That's where they're hoping to make their money from it. But with the negative reviews and everyone, the way, the way it was looking and the way it was from like invested players uh, that were really interested in the game and really that, you know, that were magic the gathering players that were new, really like the, this type of gameplay and stuff like that and got into the game. Not a single one of them did I hear say I was going to, they were going to spend a single dime on the game. Yeah. yeah but that so, doesn't mean people won't though. Right. You'll, you, you'll still have, you'll oh, still have people, people coming in from say Diablo or Torchlight or something like that. And then uh, just forking over money for the, for some of that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. You still got the negative, they, they still need to work on it, but will they? I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, if we're going by, if we're going by past with Magic the Gathering Arena, I'd say probably not. Yeah, probably not. But we'll see. Arena still. We will definitely. Arena still has an issue where they're not, um, and they really need to work on their accessibility features. But we've talked about that enough. Yeah, we we've definitely talked about that enough. I will cry. T- I will yell from the rooftops about that all the time, but I'm ignored as are a lot of other content creators, which brings me to my next talking point. Not really a news story. So this weekend was the release of a new set on Magic the Gathering Arena. Um, Strixhaven. Uh-huh. School of Mages. Um, and so... Usually what happens when there's a new set coming out on arena, it's released on Thursday for play for basically what they call pre-release weekend, um, which is what this weekend was. 
to where everyone gets access to early access on arena for the cards and able to play seal pool and stuff like that. They usually in pre pandemic times, this would also, this would be the weekend where you would go to your local game store and you could play in pre-release events. And basically you would purchase pre-release packs. You would open them up, uh, make sealed decks and play them against other people who all, who was also there as part of the event. And you got to play with the cards a week early, basically. Because the release isn't technically until next week. Now, over the past year or so, um, if you remember, when we first started this podcast, I, I talked pretty early on that I was accepted to the Magic Gathering Content Creator Program. So um, usually before a new set comes out, like the day before it's released on Arena, um, the people in the uh, content creator program and a few other Magic the Gathering celebrities, I guess you could call them, for lack of a better term, are invited to an early access streamer event to play Magic the Gathering on stream, basically exclusively with the new set. And you draft with other streamers. And it was actually a very cool thing. It was one of those things that I actually would take off from work, my real uh, my real job that the one that actually pays me money. And, uh, I would schedule basically a 12 hour stream to do this early access event because it was exclusive content. Really? Um, only, uh, only about 200 creators in the world had access to arena that day. Not counting some of the, um, uh, they would also get some other people from like uh, Wizards R and D and stuff like that would be playing on it as well. That means research and development folks. Yes. Um. So the early access streamer event was coming up quickly, and I had scheduled off work because, of course, my work request that you uh, request off forty eight hours prior to a time off. Um. Unless you're sick, of course. That that's a whole different thing. Yeah, we do too. You better not be asking for time off. I won't approve it. But go ahead. Unless it's 48 hours in advance. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, um, I mean, most most managers at most places are pretty understanding if something happens. Like, if something happens, like your car gets wrecked or something like that, and you have to take the day off to deal with that or whatever, people are going to be understanding. Of that's, that a diff- the, yeah, that, that's a different. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's very different. Yeah. But scheduled time off. So I had scheduled time off the previous week for Wednesday to do the early access streamer event, because that's when it normally happens is the Wednesday before it's released. And so I had the whole day off and it was literally just going to be me in the same office that I do my job in right now, just doing streaming all day of the new set for, uh, I was planning a 12 hour stream. And crazy. No one would do something that crazy. In, Mr. Know, 24 hours over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one would do something that crazy solo. Right. Yes. So, well, you you at least played multiple games. I would be doing it playing a single game, basically. Oh, someone missed my someone missed my um extra live stream from a couple of years ago where I spent the entire time playing one game. Oof. Uh-huh. Yeah, this that'd be, is because, that'd be rough. because at that time that was back when uh what was it? Um 
Extra Life 2019, when my PC was pretty much dead, I went. I, I played nothing but Final Fantasy 14. Ah, okay, okay. And that's part of the reason why I'm kind of burned out of 14 right now. But I can uh, understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can understand that. So, anyways, so I had that planned for Wednesday, and that was this past week, and. Monday at about 11 o'clock p.m. my time. So after I was in bed already, Monday night. Yeah, I'm a wild and crazy guy, I know. Um, I get an email from Wizards of the Coast saying, yeah, we've canceled the early access streamer event for this for this set and going forward. Whoa. Yeah. Um, never mind the fact that first of all, because it's an exclusive event and because I stream all day, I get a lot more viewers and I do mean a considerable number more viewers for the early access events than I did any other time. Uh And so I, that cost follows that cost possibly some subscriptions to my channel and stuff like that. That costs um, uh, possibly some money going straight to Amazon and Twitch. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. but some to me as well, because again, I do get some <laughs> of that money <laughs> now. Now, granted, I, I don't get a lot of money. I, I get paid maybe twice a year, a hundred dollars. So it doesn't recoup what I'm spending on video games and other stuff like that to bring the streaming to you guys. No, we, we, we've had this discussion on a past episode too, about how, um, how the, the creators don't really get paid as much as people think they do, unless you're somebody like Ninja or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was really that was that was very disheartening especially especially since it's so it's it's a game I love to play. I love playing Magic the Gathering. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because Arena costs the um Wizards of the Coast a la Hasbro a whole not a whole lot of money really when you when you really think about it and by doing this early access event it was like free advertising for the new set um there was very little cost to run this event because again it's all digital so it's not like they have to print paper send it out to the creators do any of that other stuff. They literally just have to provide an account, a special account on a special server for us to go play Magic the Gathering. And it's not like uh, the, the bandwidth for the streams is coming from from uh, their servers either. That's all coming from Twitch or YouTube right. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yep. And all and part of that agreement is we have to say that, you know, we're sponsored by Wizard of the Coast and thanking them for that and that sort of thing, which is not a problem. Like I've got no problem saying that if I get invited to any early access event by any game production company. I would have a problem if you didn't say that. But go ahead. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's important to say that it's sponsored because it is sponsored. I'm I'm being I'm being brought into an event 
that not, not everyone else has access to. I, I'm able to do things before they're available to the public. Correct. So it, it's important that I mention that when I, when I do something like that. But this is really kind of a symptom of a bigger problem that's been going on with the Wizards of the Coast and especially with the content creator program. So let me talk a little bit about the content creator program and exactly how it worked. And notice I use past tense on that, mainly because since last year, late last year, there really hasn't been a content creator program. Which is weird. You would think something like that would take a boom during, say, a pandemic where most folks are stuck at home. So, okay, yeah, but go ahead. And again, I don't blame an individual at Wizards of the Coast. Uh -huh. Um, I th this this screams of Hasbro telling Magic the Gathering you have to make a certain amount of money, and if you don't, we're selling off your property or do or you know you know doing something. Um, this screams of that. I don't blame an individual person for this. And I want to make that absolutely clear. The other thing I want to make absolutely clear is I'm not attacking an individual person in this either. This is not me, uh, attacking the community manager because there is a community manager, which with wizards of the coast, specifically with magic the gathering. And I don't think it's his fault that this is going on. I don't think any of the, the things that have happened with the program, is his fault either. Again, this all screams to me of Hasbro telling wizards what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing, the other point I want to make is um, what I have heard is there are people who have made nasty comments about the community manager at wizard of the coast and apparently threats. And anyone doing that needs to go to fucking hell. Um, don't threaten people's lives like that, especially when it's probably not their fault. No, they're probably doing what their boss told them to do and, and own up the chain. That would like yeah. that would be like me blaming the coders of Cyberpunk 2077 for the shit game that was put out there because it wasn't their fault. No, it was not their fault. And in fact, they probably, if they had had their way, they probably wouldn't have wanted it to release just yet. Right. So. Right. But that's the, that's, that's the correlation I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make here is that people are correlating or saying the community manager is the reason. And it's not. I guarantee you he is not the reason. No. So anyone that threatens anyone, doxes, does anything like that, like stop uh, don't stop listening to this podcast we don't need you as we don't want you as a as a person listen uh listening to our content you're not the, you you're not uh part of our audience you you should not be part of our but if you want to hate listen we're cool with that i'm i'm not I'm even really cool, cool with that if people are going to hate listen they're going to hate listen but go ahead <laughs> I just have no patience for people who do shit like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I make fun of the big fucks at, at these big companies 
that have billions of dollars and pay their employees shit or push out products too early or anything like that, or even a whole fucking country like China. I'm not saying Chinese people. I'm saying fuck the government of China when I do say stuff like that. Um, right, so it's I, 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 no, it's no, not. Most of them don't. Most of them are, you'll find that in most countries, most people are like everyone else. It's the big fucks in charge of these things that are really the problems most of the times. Just like, please don't blame the American people for what happened in the past four years. Um, go on. Yeah. Well, you can blame about 47% of the people. <laughs> um, so anyways, um, let me explain how the content creator program worked. So first of all, I was kind of sold a bill of lies when I signed up for this thing. What I thought was going to happen with the content creator program was it was going to be a partnership between Wizards of the Coast and streamers and YouTubers and other people creating content for the internet showcasing Magic the Gathering as a game. Yeah, that's how you described it. Um, in fact, I think um, um, one of our episodes where you talked about that, that's exactly how you described it. I also assumed mm -hmm. and that is partially my fault i assumed that as part of that partnership what would happen was wizards of the coast would be kind of like a mentor to me to help me grow my channel to teach me things i can do to make my channel better to help promote my channel when I was doing Magic the Gathering content for them, to even, you know, to offer things, offer up opportunities for me to grow the channel by promoting their product. And that, that would actually be, I mean, that that's not, that's not a stupid thing for you to assume, I might add. Right. It's not a stupid thing for you to assume. When you hear really... content creator program, you kind of think of something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What it turned out to be. And let, let me explain how it worked. First of all, it was operated through the stream elements, uh, web application, which if you don't know, if you're not a streamer, you're not going to know what this is. Uh -huh. Stream elements is a wonderful little website and I use it for my streams to this day. Um, to create layouts for your stream, to alerts for your stream, uh, tracking, that sort of thing. Uh -huh. um, and you can personalize it and customize it however you want to. They've got plenty of widgets and stuff like that. And you can do a lot of different things with them. And it's actually very user-friendly. Yeah, stream elements is really cool. Yes. Yeah. And it works really well with OBS and XSplit, and all kinds of other streaming softwares. And it, it integrates with Twitch really well. It integrates with YouTube really well. It integrates with a lot of places really well. Mm -hmm. They operated the program through stream elements, which was great because I already used it for my layouts and stuff like that and, my, and all that. So it was, it was very seamless for me to be a part of the program but what it really was, was we were given as content creators 
challenges to complete. And if we completed those challenges, we would get things for arena. Now, what does that mean? Well, sometimes it would be codes for just individual cards. Sometimes it was codes that we could give out to our viewership. And I did that frequently. I, I if you followed me on my Twitter account, I put, I used to push out codes all the time onto Twitter um, saying here, grab these codes, use them on arena. Um, and then sometimes they would give us gems for completing those challenges. Now, to call it a content creator program is, again, kind of lying because it only cared about Magic the Gathering Arena content and it only worked with streaming. So those YouTubers, which was the majority of content creators for Magic the Gathering, uh, put up videos of Magic the Gathering, didn't necessarily stream it. There are quite a few streamers of Magic the Gathering, but the biggest content creators out there was putting out YouTube videos at the time this program came out. Well, that's not going to help them any. Exactly. Yeah. Because stream elements worked with streaming platforms and with streaming content. And the way the challenges were worded, posting a video did nothing to complete any of those challenges. So you basically had to be a streamer regardless if you yes. streamed on Twitch or YouTube or wherever. Yes. Yeah. Not everybody streams. If you did not complete challenges within a 45-day time period, you were kicked out of the program. What? Mm-hmm. If, and this is, this is what blows my mind, if they deemed that you posted content, other things that are, were not necessarily Magic the Gathering related, like say on OnlyFans, you were kicked out of the program. What? There were some major Magic the Gathering content creators out there. Some of the biggest content creators out there that could not join the program. Some of those content creators are actually sponsored by Wizards of the Coast, and they couldn't be in the program. Wait, what? I'm not even joking. Loading Ready Run, who is one of the biggest one of the biggest sponsors of of Magic: the Gathering content, mm-hmm. um, they run the pre pre release events for every new set that comes out, which is completely sponsored by Wizards of the Coast. They couldn't be part of it. In the fact, they were kicked out of the program. I think they were initially just automatically invited and then kicked out of the program. All the content creators on their on their uh, platform. Well, they they do streaming on Twitch, but they also post on YouTube. But 
a, a bunch of their creators were were either kicked out of the program or never allowed in, even though they stream or did stream a lot of Magic Gathering content. Because they couldn't do the or hit the goals or, or whatnot. No, it had nothing to do with that. Then what? Well, some of them were never even in, or were never even allowed to enter the program at all. Right, but the ones that were. That's the thing. It, it was never made. It was never made entirely clear as to why they were not allowed in the program. Being kicked out, it the it was a form letter that's saying you're just you're being dropped from the program. Basically, it doesn't really give reasons, and technically, they don't have to give reasons. It's shitty. Well, no, but see, they now, don't. Now, this is the 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 logical mind in me working here. Playing devil's advocate, one might say, what did these particular con content creators do? They did uh, Magic the Gathering content on Twitch no, I mean, and they, on they, YouTube. They could possibly get them kicked from the program. Well, OnlyFans for one very notable person was definitely kicked out for having an only OnlyFans. Which, oh, by the way, if you didn't know, OnlyFans has little to zero to do with Magic the Gathering. And they didn't even, like, link them together or anything. It wasn't even, like, on their normal Twitch streams did they even mention their OnlyFans. Wizards just found out that they had an OnlyFans and they're like, you know what? No, we don't want you to be a content creator for us. Okay. Brad, it, it, it's, it's, it's nonsense, really. And the only reason why I'm talking right now is because I have nothing to lose at this point. Because I'm still technically in the program. What program there is, because late last year, Challenges stop showing up in stream elements. So now what little we were getting from the program, we weren't getting anymore. In fact, it was to the point that but right before the Kaldheim pre before the Kaldheim early access event, I wasn't sure I was still in the program when that event came up. It was like the night before that they got me the information I needed to be able to stream the Kaldheim early access event. It almost sounds like they're getting ready to axe the program. It it sounds like they've already done it. Well, not a, technically, yes and no. Well, now the earlier this week they announced that the, they're stopping the early access streamer events going forward. All right, so they're getting well. So what's the what's the yeah. program? There's no, there's no challenge. There's no challenges. Mm -hmm. There's no early access event, which is the only other thing that came from the program for me, except for I did get a Christmas card from Wizards of the Coast. Oh, that was nice of them. That was very nice of them. Yes, it was. And it was a very, it was a very, very nice card, and I do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, uh, and it's not something I would have gotten had I not been part of the content creator program. That was nice of them. But that's the only thing I've gotten in five months from them. Yeah, the program's dead. Pretty much. Yeah. Which is why I'm talking about this now, because you know what? 
if they hear about this, which I doubt they're listening to this, but who knows? Someone from Wizard of the Coast might be. Sure. Yes. But you know what? If they kick me out of the program, all right, well, it's not getting me anything right now anyway. So what the fuck? Why not? Um, so yeah, because, because of that, like it's had an effect on me to where I don't stream near as much magic gathering content as I used to. What are you streaming now? Uh, a lot of, uh... I've been stream uh, a lot of Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a mod pack that came out recently that I've been playing and, um, I've been, I've been streaming that more than anything else here lately. There's not been any, really any games that have come out recently that I've been like, I really want to play this and I really want to stream it. Um, so I've just kind of been doing my modded Minecraft stuff because it's what I enjoy playing. That's cool. I play a little bit of magic. I play magic with some friends over webcam on stream. That's about the extent of what I do for magic anymore. Oh, like Um, physical cards. That's really cool then. Yeah. That's something different because I'm having actual interactions with people. Yeah. I like that. That is really cool. And it's actually really not hard to do. There's a wonderful program that's unfortunately owned by Wizards of the Coast, so I'm sure it's not being supported, but it seems very simple and it it, it works right now for the most part. Um, it's called Spell Table. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you can just tell it, here's the webcam pointing down at my table. Use that and it connects up to four other, uh, three other people and you can play normal games over webcam with that way. It's about like D and D. Now I don't play D and D, but you can kind of do the same thing for, with D and D, from what I understand. There for D and D, dice I, rolls and things like that too. Oh yeah, well D and D's got their own. Yeah. Um, if you D and D has what's called D and D Beyond, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a wonderful website. Uh, I use it for my character that I'm playing with my, with my, uh, friend group mm-hmm. that we we've been playing over Discord for I that. Really um, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah. it's very, it's very interesting. Uh, I've actually been writing a game, um, basic, well, r- getting the outline of a game. You can't really like write exactly what's going to happen in a game because of course your players will always go off script, uh, because they don't know the script. No, um, like, I would assume writing a D and D campaign or module or whatever they call it is, is more or less akin to, um, writing something uh basically writing like a, a a sketch outline for like an improv sketch or something yeah pretty much pretty similar to that like yeah. i'm basically writing the outline of all right here's the whole scheme of what all's going on in the world the the end point is basically where i eventually want the players to get to but how they get there it's going to be up to them and i'm going to have all kinds of things it's really it's really like trying to plan what's the best way to describe this it's a lot like trying to plan your own crime spree in a major city it's really a lot like that i think see i was going to use the example choose your own adventure books well so but here's but here's the thing i guess as as the so as the dm (laughs) you're kind of playing the bad guy in the scenario or the, you know, the, the person they're kind of fighting against. So you kind of have to 
kind of think like a bad guy in that situation. Mm -hmm. If, for instance, so if all of your character, if all your players in your game are good aligned or neutral aligned and that sort of thing like that, you pretty much have to play the evil characters. So you're the baddies, you're the big baddies, you're trying to, you know, thwart their plans, you're trying to hide your schemes, you're trying to do all that sort of thing. If even if you flip the script and all of your all of your uh, players that are playing their characters are evil, evil or neutral, then you're kind of playing the good guy trying to stop them from doing that. You're you're playing the opposite of whatever your players are playing. So you're playing. It's a very interesting. Yeah, you're always playing the villain. It's just by whose whose viewpoint you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's and to do that you're kind of having to scheme and get like my, my plan for this game. Well, first of all, what, what inspired me for this was I picked up um, some books that D and D printed that were tied to the magic, the gathering world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so to some of the sets, one was the Theros location and that's the one I've really been focused on. Um. And it has a lot of the uh, a lot of the characters from the Magic the Gathering game that they've kind of pushed over into D anD D and made it actually playable in a D anD D setting, mm-hmm. which, okay. which which includes the locations from the card game and and the story from the card game. It can even be included in it. So it's that that's why I'm like, all right, this is this is cool. I've already got a background knowing how the storyline goes in the in the game. And I've got kind of an idea about the character, the major characters in the world already that I, a lot of the world building is done for me. And it's more about writing the story for the campaign. And it really got me inspired as, especially as to how to write this campaign for this. And um, when we get back together again, which I believe our next game might be in person because I think everyone in the group in our group has been fully vaccinated by the time we play again, which will be awesome. Um, so we can actually be in the same room playing, playing a game of D and D together again. Um, but, uh, I'm going to suggest that once we're done with our current campaign, if with our DM needs a break, which she's been running this game for two years now, it's very possible she might need a break. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Um, but if she needs a break from running a game, I can get a game started and have it kind of as an intermediary game to where we, we play it for a few months and, and see how, how it goes, how people go with it. So, um, but I've been kind of working on the storyline for it and the, and, and basically the outline of, how the what the major play, players in the game are going to be doing in the background and that they're going to find out about and that sort of thing. So, um, but that's inspired me to do that. So, but anyways, getting back to the content creator program, it's, it's a sham of a program now. It's well, it's not even a program anymore. No. Um, it's a program and, name only really. It really is now. Yeah. It, they're saying I'm still a part of it. For whatever cool. Happened. Yeah. That, it's worth nothing really. Mm-hmm. Uh, they set up a discord for us 
That was funny. Okay, so is the Discord still active? Oh well, it's a, it's a, it's it's interesting how you would say that. So the Discord, and I'm looking at it right now, <laughs> is one channel. It's locked down to where you can't. No one, no one in the Discord can post to it except for the admins. And it's just an announcement channel. That's it. Oh yeah, it's dead. But that's all it's ever been. You're kidding. No. They don't have... You're kidding. Please tell me you're kidding. I'm not. And back in March... And back in March... So they sent us the email about this, uh, about the Discord and saying joining it and the changes that are coming to it. Let me read you some of it here because, again, this is pretty widely known. This is not... I'm not hiding anything about this here, but... So what about this... um, So... uh, what about this new system is an improvement is the literal question they posted on here. We'll be sharing additional details soon, but in the short term, we're hoping this will provide deeper access for creators to things like kits, card previews, exclusive access to content and more. While we can't promise that every creator we work with will get access to all of these items, we want to create systems and tools that allow for more creators to have access to more opportunities and more awareness of upcoming activations you can be involved in. Additionally, our long-term goals are to begin to support creators at Wizards all across all of our franchises through one uniform process, with this Discord functioning as the foundation to build from. Our time Over time, we'll continue to build and add additional opportunities for access to other Wizards franchises. Cool. Okay. You you said that was posted. That was in March, po- so give them time. March seventeenth. April. It was it was a month ago. Yeah, this is just April. That wasn't the original post. Oh. They've edited this post. Oh. To remove things from it. Like the like the early access event information. That was in here because oh. as of March 17th, when this was posted to us and an email sent to us in the content creator program, we were still being told at that time that the early access event was happening, that we'll get more information about it soon. That was conspicuously deleted Monday. That section of it was deleted Monday. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, what I do like is some people in the, some people have, so one of the fun things about it is you can react to different segments of it. And, um, yeah, the, the funny thing about it is, so people have spelled out, um, yeah, so help is the first thing they've spelled out with uh responses, and then help Watsy is another response on there that they've spelled out because you can you can respond with emotes, but one of the emotes basically they have a letter for each emote that you can respond with into the discord for this. Hmm. 
And so the creators have been using the letters that you can respond with to kind of send a message. Um, other things people have done as well. Uh, one person changed their their uh, username to quote MTG early access. Um, there's been other notes being posted on up uh, because you can change your you can change your uh, nickname on here, and people have been posting things on here like um, basically sending their. It, it, they're discussed about what happened this weekend on there. So it's, it's interesting to see that. I won't mention all of it because it does, it does pull out names of other people. The one that they put there in quotes, that doesn't tell you who actually said that. Um, but yeah, it it's, there's a lot of discourse. A lot of creators were not happy about the way it was handled and it was done there was no official announcement from Wizards of the Coast. There was nothing at all. And and the thing that I liked particularly about the early access event is we did have specific, we had a specific Discord that was set up for each early access event. And it was mainly to tell them, hey, we, there's a problem with it with Arena at the time. Because you're putting in a bunch of brand new cards into a new, into an older program. There's going to be glitches and it was a way it was a day earlier than everyone else got access to so there was still a chance for them to fix some of the glitches before it went out to the wider public so um yeah that was kind of the that was kind of the interesting thing to me was that you know um that they cut the event and it'll be interesting to see if there was any problems with arena with the event. So I don't know. It's, it's another thing like between that and a survey that was sent out to uh, anyone who had ordered from um, a secret layer drop. So, I guess I should explain what this is too. If you're not, I'm sorry, this has turned into a Wizards of the Coast bitch session for me, but eh, whatever. It is what it is. Um, so Wizards of the Coast comes out with a secret layer series starting just before the pandemic started back in 2019. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's been problems with it between shipping delays, quality of the product. And then there was a big uproar when it came to the secret layer for, um, the walking dead. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily for the, the walking dead fans weren't the ones that had the uproar about this. It was the actually invested players of magic, the gathering, because what they did with that specific one, they printed brand new cards mm -hmm. that were completely functionally new cards, but the only place you could get them was through this secret layer drop, yeah. which means they were only available for like a week yeah. and they were at a premium price. And it also had, uh, one of the cards was 
the character Negan, as well as an equipment card called Lucille. And if you don't know that series, uh-huh. uh, The Walking Dead, uh huh, Lucille's yeah. the bat. Yes. And Negan is a character. Um, let's just say he's is, not exactly a good guy. No, and it actually brought about a lot of feel bads, especially with the women. And understandably, because there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of like abusive, um, involving Negan in the show and well, also in the comic. That's what I was going to say is, as I haven't, I stopped watching the show years ago, so I never watched the show when the Negan stuff came up, but I was reading the comic when that happened or when, when Negan was, yeah, I was reading the comic back then. And so, yeah. And I haven't watched a show past the first season, mainly because I thought they were all fucking stupid. Yeah, it doesn't. None of them, none of them should have survived. It doesn't get any better. No, I'm sure it doesn't. And maybe you can explain better because you read the comic when Negan was introduced into the comics and stuff like that. You can you explain, you know, why people would have problems with Negan. I, I mean, I, I kind of glanced over it a little bit there, but you can, I'm sure you can probably give a little more details than I can. Yeah, he was, um, <laughs> for the lack of a better term, he was, he was disgusting, uh, disgustingly evil. I mean, he, it was just, he was, he was, if you think of anything, um, hardcore disgusting in a villain be it someone who mistreats women um someone who just brutally murders um you know that that type of thing just whatever you think is the are the worst traits of humanity kind of went into negan so the human so so the comic embodiment of mitch mcconnell got it um no actually mitch mcconnell's not nearly that bad He's bad, but he's not that bad. No, no, he's um, not that bad. But yeah, so but you, you get where I'm going with that, though. Yes, yes, yeah. I get where you're going. Um, I you just have you have a better insight to it than I do. I again, I only know what people were saying, and it he really would take people up ex- in the comic at least. He would take people up execution style, and just bash their heads in with with the bat, that type of thing. You know, and and it was, uh, yeah. I mean, Negan's not a nice guy at all. And got joy out of it, and from what I understood too. got joy out of it, exactly. It's not. It wasn't a punishment thing. It wasn't a betray. You know, it wasn't a punishment thing. It wasn't to keep people in line. It was because he was sick and just got pure joy out of it. Yep. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the thing. Um, and. There was a lot, especially having Lucille as an equipment that was distinct. And some of the cards are actually played in uh, older formats now because of because of their legality in those formats. And they were only available for like a week. And it, like I said, at a premium price. And they only... So in the past, Secret Layers, as they sold them, 
if they had a reskin on them, like so, so they did a Godzilla series where they had the original cards, but they were put uh, Godzilla skins on them, basically from the Godzilla multiverse. Um, it had different art. They had different names, but they were they were not like Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, Mechagodzilla. Ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were they used cards that were printed in a normal set. They were easily available for a normal normal playable piece without the skins of Godzilla on them. Okay. So you could get them. You could get them in a normal set at a much cheaper price. Mm-hmm. And they were game pieces because in all fairness, Wizard of the Coast prints cardboard game pieces. Some of them just have different artwork on them. Some of them premium artwork. And I get that. And I'm all for Wizard. And this is the other thing. I'm all for Wizard of the Coast making money. If they make money, the game survives and it continues on. And that's a thing I want because I like the game. But when they do stuff like this, where they print cards that are only available for a limited amount of time and they're at a premium price, that cuts off a lot of people from playing part of their game. And I'm not talking even me necessarily, because if I wanted to, I could have purchased that secret layer. It wasn't an unreasonable price. It was like $40 for like five cards or something like that. Okay. I didn't want to purchase it because they weren't cards that interested me. I'm not a fan of walking dead. Um, the cards didn't seem that great to me personally, and they're not, they weren't legal in any formats that I play except for one format. And even then I wasn't that excited about playing it. And I certainly was not. And when I heard that Negan and Lucille were cards that they had created, I wasn't about to support something like that. Um, it just sends the wrong message. And there's going to be play groups that are going to be like, no, we don't allow these cards because of the message they send. So they did that. And then later on that year, after they released that one, they had like a, kind of this uh, uh they they do this weekly mtg stream where they talk about the news of magic the gathering they talk about upcoming sets and stuff like that and they have chat open to where people can chat directly with the people who are hosting it and stuff and ask questions and that sort of thing and they talked about secret layers the first year secret layers um and how it went and you know, they were, they were giving kind of the feedback that they received from it. And they basically said they kind of ignored all the negative feedback that they got about the quality of the card stock, the shipping delays, the issues with uh, shipments not being correct when it was sent. Which I've had all of these happen to my secret layers that I've purchased and complained about. And they're like, they, they completely ignore that and said, oh, no, secret layers are great. Um, people bought these in huge numbers. We're going to continue to do this program even more. No one seemed to really have a problem with anything of this. 
at that point, chat kind of exploded with what about the secret layer walking dead? What about with the curling of the cards? What about with the, with the uh, shipping delays? What about with the orders that were shipped out incorrectly? Um, that sort of thing. And they just kind of ignored all those comments. And it wasn't just like one or two. It was a lot of those comments in this live stream because I was watching that. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it seemed Hasbro. So what happened was since our last, since our last podcast, a survey was sent out to everyone who had ordered a secret layer in the past. I've ordered a total of 15 in the past. Uh, They've had a lot. I would say I've probably gotten about a fifth of the secret layers that they've, they've sold that I've purchased. And I've gotten them, some of them for different reasons. Um, some of them had really cool artwork that I really liked. Some of them had cards I really wanted. Uh, some of them supported charities. Uh, so, you know, that, that's why I purchased those cards. Um, but they sent a survey out and now they're talking this survey, the way it was structured was basically to ask what you thought of secret layers first, but then they also wanted to talk about a membership program and almost like a loot crate type program for secret layers. Hmm. And they're not asking for a little bit of money for these. They're talking $300 and a hundred dollars for these different subscription services and for year per year. And I'm like, Dude, I love your game. But some of the secret layers I didn't buy because I didn't like them. Question. Or didn't want them. Yeah, question. Uh-huh. What is the average age range of uh MTG player? Well, they say on the packaging it's 13 and up. No, the actual age range of, of active players in in the player base. That's hard to say. Um, the reason why I say that's hard to say is because for one thing, Wizards of the Coast kind of discriminates against, uh, people under the age of 18. Um, and they can get away with it because they're minors. Okay. Um, I am friends. I, I'm a patron and friends with a... Magic the Gathering creator, his name's Rhino. He's called MTG Young Mage. There's a reason why he's named MTG Young Mage because he is under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. He's a great young man. He's a, he's a Boy Scout. He lives in the, one of the Carolinas. Really nice guy. I've met him at a couple of GPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and his father uh, create Magic the Gathering content. Mainly, he is is Sunda Rhino does um, creates uh, magic gathering content. Um, and he, and he teaches, he teaches other kids how to play the game of magic because he loves magic so much. Well, the, the reason I ask about that is if they're wanting to start this loot crate type subscription program where they're talking about two, $300 a year. Um, I, I was just thinking about, the kids that may play magic that 
who would have to get their parents to buy into this. So, Ian, this is this, this is my complete. This is my complaint about the. This is my complaint about the secret layer, specifically for the Walking Dead. Is the fact that these are brand new cards? They were never there. They weren't based on other older cards that are out there already. They were brand new cards. You could get them nowhere else. All the rest of the secret layers that have been sold previous to those and since those have been reskins of cards that are available at a normal price out there. Yeah, that right. we, we you can get in any of your at any game store. Yeah, which is honestly the way it should be. Yes, Those cards should play exactly like other cards. They All they are is just reskins yeah. with different artwork, so premium, premium artwork. And you know what? For the whales, I'm all for it. You know, I purchased some of these because I wanted the artwork on some of these cards because they're very cool. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, some of them, so uh, I, some of them I play with, some of them I don't. Some of them I just wanted copies of them for the artwork, because the artwork was very cool. Um, and again, some of them I purchased not not only for the artwork because they're alternate artwork or whatever that reason, but they also supported a charity for some of them because they do occasionally do some for charity. Although that's very unclear how they do that, but we'll that we'll go beyond that. Some of the money goes to charity, okay. and usually it's pretty good charities. Like one was for International Women's Day, one was for um, a black charity for coders. African American. No, they go by black. Okay. They go by black. Okay. Or people of color. If you if you're more comfortable, people of color, but they. Yeah, but see, but here's, here's my problem with people of color: is you're grouping in okay, Asians, Latinos. Well, yeah, and and, and um, yes, yes, Native that's Americans. True. These are all people of some sort of color. To give you an idea, Brad, um, just with my workplace alone, and this is happening with a lot of ERGs, which is employee resource groups. For those who don't know that, um, most of them are changing when it comes to what used to be called the African-American community um, to the black community. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them are going to that, not necessarily, not necessarily because they don't like the term African-American, but it does. There there's in the past, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of, um, you know, go back to the country that you, you come from sort of thing and that's kind of the connotation some people take african-american to be and which isn't the case it's no but we've from, seen okay it's no different from asian american or um irish american or anything like that in my opinion right yeah they right be born in this country but their heritage is somewhere else right so, yes but what they are trying to do and i applaud them for doing this is to take back the name black okay. I mean, I care. I mean, people are people. I don't care one way or the other. Some people are uncomfortable saying they're black Americans or they're black people. Um, I prefer to use people of color because it does, it is more open and more accepting of other creeds and stuff like that as well. But 
again, my, my, the ERG at my work, it's the, the black heritage network. Hmm. So it's, it's, yeah. So a lot of, a lot of them are going to that. And you know what, if that's what they want to be called, I'm all for it. I will support them. I will be an ally of their, of their affinity. So. But, but yeah, so, but anyways, they're talking to subscription service for that type of price. And it's like, here's the problem. If I loved every one of your secret layers, maybe I would consider investing that kind of money into a subscription service or into like a loot crate type service like that. Maybe I would, but I've liked maybe a fifth of what they've put out on secret layer. There were a bunch of them that I'm just like, all right, I can see where people like that. I'm not about it. Like I would, I didn't buy the Godzilla ones. I'm not a Godzilla fan. It's kind of whatever for me for Godzilla. Like it's cool that that's out there for those that are fans of Godzilla. And I'm, I'm very happy about that for them. But it's not, it, I'm not the target audience. Okay. And I get nothing out of having a copy of a card with Godzilla on it, as opposed to the regular functional card. That's the exact same card. Okay. So there are other ones that did though resonate with me. Like again, I got, I got the international women's day because, because that one went to a women's charity. Um, I purchased one that was like a Seb McKinnon one. Uh, who's a magic gathering artist. It was like a signature series for him. I purchased it because I love his artwork. His artwork is very cool. Uh, I purchased the happy little gathering edition, which is literally Bob Ross art on magic cards. Because God damn it. I love Bob Ross. Those are cool. Those are ones I was like, all right, I'll get these because they're very cool to me. Some of them just don't talk to me. And I'm like, I don't, I just don't buy them. What was worse was the subscription service. It wasn't to get the cards. It was to get early access to order them. That money didn't get you any cards. It got you access early and access to other products. Okay, so you based don't on have this to survey. do the subscription service to get the cards. I mean, so I, I, I here's here's where I'm coming from on this, and and and, and again, don't play magic, don't really understand, but mm-hmm. if it's a subscription service to give you early access to get the cards, but it still doesn't prevent you from getting the cards. If people want to subscribe to it, let them. I'm all for that, but it's, it's going a dangerous route with that because one of the perks of it was access to subscriber only secret layers. Okay. I mean, that's a perk if you're paying 300 bucks a year or whatever, Brad, the one thing I'm worried about is they say one of their most successful secret layers, what wizards of the coast said in that stream and what Hasbro has said as well, 
was one of their most successful secret layer sales that they did was the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. The ones that were unique cards that were not reskins of old cards that you could get the playable pieces for somewhere else, not at a premium price. Mm-hmm. What if they print cards that become a staple to a format? which means a card that is almost necessary to play in the format. And the only way you can get them is if you're subscribing to that service and that's how you get access to it. Well, okay. You're cutting off 99%. You're cutting off 99% of your player base. On, I think it's stupid, but at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, it's their game and it's their decision on how they want to run their company. Right. And I'm all for that. Uh However, it is a game and the way they're treating it now is as an investment and not a game anymore. But it, it is an investment in their eyes. It's an investment, but it is also a numbers. I know that. Yes. I know that. And that's my worry. When you see companies do that to games like this, it drags it down and it eventually will absolutely ruin the game. And if you need proof of that games that will, that people will might I see this is, this is my thing. And, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not, I know how much you love the game. I know how much you have a passion with the game and I'm not disagreeing right. with you at all. But I, I look at it from, you're not a slave. Well, I'm looking at it from people aren't a slave to the game. It's not like if, if the game goes down this road, you as a player are forced to go down this road. Other things will come out of it and, and, things, and other things will spawn out of it um, that people will, will, will gravitate to type of thing. If they want to take their company down this road, and the majority of the people don't want it, then that's their company to die along the same lines as, say, a Radio Shack or a um, Blockbuster video. I agree yeah. that it is their company and they can do this if they want to. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if they end up doing it this way, they're going to kill the game that has survived 27 years it's still their choice because it's still their product. I get that. Yeah. I'm not arguing that fact at all. And maybe this is me coming from someone who has completely created something out of scratch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't want someone else to tell me what I can and can't do with my characters. You know, this I is, mean, this is, this is true. Yeah. However, but if I'm you also look, if you look at, at the same if, time, I'm not going to do something stupid, but if you, if you, if you, but if you look at it that way too, Hasbro's doing that to Watsy right now. Hasbro's basically saying you need to be, you need to be more profitable. Okay. And it's forcing wizards of the coast hand and doing these sorts of things. Again, this is not, I'm not totally blaming Watsy, although they've got probably some culpability for this, but I'm pretty much laying the blame here on Hasbro and they're greedy because 
you know, the, the millions and billions of dollars they made last year wasn't enough. That's my, I just, I just look at it. It's like, yes, it's, it wouldn't be everything if the game died. But one of the things that has been kind of unique about Magic the Gathering and why it has survived for so long is it's not just the card game. It's about the gameplay with other players who are about it as well. Like you can, you can say that communities like the world of Warcraft is probably the closest the world of Warcraft community might be the closest to kind of like the magic gathering community, as far as how close the invested players are in that community. And I mean, yeah, I could see, I could see that too. It's kind of like how, you you know, how people are so invested in the star Wars universe. Right. Right. I I mean, I, I get all of that. I really do. And I understand people have put hard earned money into this game for, for decades now. I get all that. I, I, I basically what I'm trying to say and what I, what I'm saying is, I'm looking at Magic the Gathering right now as it is. Uh-huh. And I say, say I was in the Star Wars universe. Say I was in the Star Wars universe. I loved the original trilogy. I heard that they're making a new prequel oh, for like the original trilogy. Go on. They're making that. I just found out they're making a new prequel. Right. Sounds like me 25 years ago. Go on. But instead of actually basing it on the story of Star Wars, of what you know in the pre, in in the original trilogy, they're going to add My Little Pony to it. It's an interesting take. <laughs> And you know that uh, you know that the first movie in the prequel is going to have a storyline, and it's been announced that the storyline is going to have Rainbow Bright meeting up with My Little Pony and Strawberry Shortcake. I mean, it's an interpretation. Every, all art is <laughs> all art is. Um... Up the, you know, all art can be interpreted in different ways. It's an interesting in- interpretation. I, it's not a choice I would make. Right. But it's an interesting but, interpretation. But I'm. Not but that's kind of that's kind of how. Be- you know what? Compared to what the trilogies were, I would actually watch that over the. Uh, compared to what you the know, I, were, I, I would, would actually watch that over the prequels. I would watch that train wreck too, to be <laughs> honest. Like that would just be an absolute train wreck, and to have. And they all meet up with Jar Jar Binks. And to see now and... you just ruined it. No, 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 no. They no, meet so up with Jar Jar Binks. But Jar Jar Binks Ryan. only uh-huh. speaks pig Latin. Jar Jar only speaks pig Latin this time. And yeah. <laughs> and with no subtitles. So you have to actually figure out what the hell he's saying at all times. <laughs> you know, I would actually watch that. That would be such a train wreck. It really would. But that, 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 but, but that's kind of what we're, what I'm seeing right now, what they're, what Hasbro is trying to do to Watsy and to Magic Gathering right now. 
But again, it's their property and they can do it if they want to. Right. It's just going to drive everyone away from it and kill the game if they do that. Okay. Like, can you imagine if that actually, if George Lucas decided that's the way he wanted to take Star Wars, the prequels, how many people, how many people today would still be Star Wars fans if that would have actually happened? I think that would have been better than what we got. Okay. <laughs> Here's my hot take on, first of all, Star Wars prequels. Yeah. One was bad. The pod racing was fine. Okay. It, it, yeah. Uh-huh. And the music, like getting John Williams back, great job. John Williams made it a passable movie mm-hmm. in my mind. The second and third parts of the prequel did what they had to do to connect one with four, five, and six. They didn't do it well, but they did it. No, they, 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 the, the main problem with the prequels is it's kind of along the same lines as what you were saying. The main problem with the prequels, they spent too much time with Anakin as a little boy. And it felt more like a rush job with the other two trying to get to where they needed to be. Oh, the third movie was definitely a rush job. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was just like all of a sudden Padme's having uh, Han or having Luke and Leia yeah. all of a sudden out of the blue. And it's like, what? Yeah. And it's just like, and some of the other stuff is just like, you could definitely tell they were just thrown in there to kind of connect three to four. Yeah. That's literally a lot of what that was. A lot of three was just connecting the rest of the prequel to four. Yeah, it, it really was. And it just, it was just, it was just all bad. Um, now, okay. The pro- now, now, the problem with the post, the, the, the last three movies was it made no goddamn sense because you had one direct, you had one writer for one for the, for seven, for eight, you had a different writer that apparently didn't read what seven did. Actually, <laughs> and then you went back to the writer from seven for nine. Uh-huh. Oh, don't give me and then made some shit up it for nine to, to make people come back to life that you, you have no way of explaining. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, and it's nine is nine is baffling to me in the star Wars universe are intertwined and not, and nine kind of ignored eight for a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it did. And, and it just, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I'm like, God damn it. The, this, the, these last, the last three movies just weren't great. You know, what's been I'm great. Like- I liked eight. I liked the last Jedi. I liked, um, I liked his take on it because I did know, too. I, I really, I did. liked, I liked Mark Hamill. I liked his performance in eight. I liked how everything transpired with the exception of, I really think when Leia was shot out into space after being, their ship was attacked, a hit, how she survived that is such bullshit okay yeah yeah i'll give you that 
I'll give you that. That that was ridiculous. I I even made fun of that. Um, it would have been when that movie came out. I was I, I was still doing the old um, Blind Monkey Show podcast, and I even made fun of that. There, it was like uh, Leia Poppins or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it was it was not good. And honestly, they could have done it, and they could have done it beautifully to say goodbye to her. Yeah. To Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Because that movie, that movie came out, it was, it came out right after her death, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. It was like the May, because she died like, it was was either December December. or January and the movie came out in May. No, 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 no. That movie came out in December. Because um, that movie came out in December because... We have a thing, oh, that's right. We have that's a thing right. where we watch a movie around Christmas every single year. Thank you, twenty twenty, for destroying. That's that's yeah. right. Okay, so yeah. She, she so, but November. she died. She died. Was it November? It was she November. died early. Yeah, I thought she was. I thought it was earlier in the year than that. But whatever. Um. But it wasn't even like that. Like they could have. In what would have made more sense to me, is if they would have found a way for her even to have her pass away with the, when Luke disappeared. Well, the, the problem with that is the movie had already been filmed before she died and she, well, hell that didn't stop them from CGI in her and other spots. She was supposed to be the main focus of the third film originally. How the hell did they know? Because they had a whole totally different writer that didn't watch eat hardly at all. Because uh, <laughs> you have to remember, Disney is still in control of this stuff. I mean, yeah, and no. So, that... so as far as the original three cast members, um, Harrison Ford was the main focus of the first one. Um, Mark Hamill, the second one, and Carrie Fisher was supposed to be the main focus of the third one. That's That was their plan. Now the writers is, could do whatever can, they wanted within the rule set. But can I be can I be perfectly honest with that? Yeah. We didn't we didn't need that. I know we didn't need that, but that was Disney's plan. And that makes no sense whatsoever. But the, anyways, that we're we're digressing here yeah, on this yeah. anyways. But but no no no. I I really did enjoy 8. And I and I enjoyed his take on it. By the way, the same director of 8 is the same director that 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 wrote and directed Knives Out. Um Yes. 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 And Knives Out, if you haven't seen, by the way, if you haven't seen Knives Out, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go see Knives Out. If you love the movie Clue, it is like, it is like a, uh, it is like a, it's like a love letter to Clue with some wonderful performances in it. See, I, I would mix in a little bit of Columbo there as well. A little bit, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. When, when when I was sitting in the theater watching Knives Out, and I've since watched it several times because I yes. own it on Blu-ray as well. Yeah. Um, but when I was watching it in the theater, the only thing I kept thinking back was, oh my God, this is a modern clue. Yeah. It's just not, it's funny, but it's in a different way. It's very, but it was very, um, it was very murder serial. It was very Columbo. It was very... Very that kind of yeah very agatha christie yeah, it's right yeah. there in that vein of that type of stuff right but it but it brought it the humor it yeah it brought the humor on it and you didn't even care that 
Daniel Craig had the worst accent in a movie probably since, oh God, I don't know. Les Miserables and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Russell Crowe. Ask yourself, <laughs> how much of that you think was intentional? I think some of it was. I, I think don't was think all of it. I don't think all of it was. Though. I think that was intentional. You've got a British guy trying to play some guy from, Ken- I, I guess, Kentucky. I, was, I yeah, don't know. I think I, that I, was intentional. Yeah. maybe i don't know I, I it, think it, it was part of the humor i think that was supposed to be part of the humor it didn't need that though like no. it would you would he would have been great just just have his own accent like he would have he would have been fine as an english you know just just the way he was just what he said was so funny that he didn't need to have the accent it, it distracted more than anything else so, I, for I think me, that but. was supposed to be part of the humor but it, it's a wonderful movie. Go see it. You, you should definitely see it for a while. There it was like on Amazon for free. I don't know it if it still is. is or not. It still is. Yeah. It, do yourself a favor and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but yeah. So back so, to video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've done my, I've kind of done my rant on magic, the gathering for now. Um, I'd love to know if, if, I don't know. Well, I'll have to wait and see and see what goes on with the content creator program and some of the other bullshit that's going on with Wizards of the Coast and see if it gets worse or better. But I don't have my hopes up for it. Um, one of the things I was fearful of, and it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. So the new set for Magic the Gathering is Strixhaven School for Mages. And the first thing I thought of was Oh, please God. And this is coming from someone who growing up was a fan of this, but I'm please. Oh God, do not do a crossover with Harry Potter. That's my first thought. When you mentioned the title, was it sounds that was everyone's first thought. Mm -hmm. And this is about the same time when they announced the name of the set. This was about the time that uh, uh, J.K. Rowling was going on her anti-trans bullshit. Again, don't agree with what she said, but I do think that was part of promoting that novel of hers. I don't care. She's a trash human being for saying the things that she she said. said, But I I think that was part of... Here's my thing with it. It's had me rethinking a lot of things as to... Whether I want to go to, because here's the thing, her, obviously she's making hand over fist with her Harry Potter franchise and I've paid into it already. I bought the books. I have some merchandise of that is Harry Potter licensed merchandise. I've given her money of some of my money. I wanted to go to, for the longest time, I was a huge fan of her work. Her writing was great. When she came out and said that, well, didn't everyone understand that Dumbledore was gay? I was, it was at a time when people were still very much discriminatory against gay people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they still are, but, but it, it was, it was, it was brave of her to say that when she did. 
And when you read the stories and you read back on it, and you're like, oh my God, why wasn't my gaydar going off? Yes, he was gay. Or, but, or is he, is, is your mind telling you, yes, he, he was gay because you're picking up on it based off of what she said. So you're now reading into it. No, there were definite clues. Um, that's kind of the thing with her. That's, that's kind of the thing with her. Like I liked her writing because she left little clues all over the series for all sorts of things. And this is not, this is one of them. Like she left clues for the fact that Dumbledore was gay. Yeah. She She left those clues. She never came out and said it, but, but the hints were there. Yeah. Well, she eventually did in a Q and a session at, uh, Oh, in the books. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she yeah. Never came out. And well, in the books. eventually, yeah. she, eventually, she did with her writing with, uh, the, I believe the, uh, with the movies, the the Crimes of Grindelwald, because she was involved with the writing for that, mm-hmm. and Grindelwald was, well, yeah, I did a lot of people. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't well done. I don't remember much. But basically, put me to sleep. <laughs> but Grindelwald, Grindelwald was Dumbledore's lover at one point. Yes. Yeah. So, and that is definitely referred to in the movie, I believe. Um, I'll, I'll have to put myself on something that'll keep me awake to watch that again to make sure. But, yeah. um, but yeah, it, it's it. That's so. When she said that she's brave, and I really liked the way she wrote and everything else like that, and I really enjoyed the books, like. To the point where, I, like, I was a huge fan of them, but then she started spouting this anti-trans shit that she did, and I don't want to give her another dime of my money if I don't have to, which is sad because I wanted to go to Universal Studios, and I know she gets a part of the park entry fee for going to Universal Studios, or part, or she gets some money from Universal Studios for. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I guarantee she does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that because she has complete control over that. Um, yeah. I know folks that that that, that work at the parks uh, here, and she has complete control of how they clean that stuff, how they take care of it, how they do this, how they do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she has a huge say-so in what goes on. And I just... As a big fan of of the series of books, I really enjoyed the books. And it was something that at a time that I needed that type of writing and, and like a lot of what happened to Harry and more importantly to um, Neville in the books, but which by the way, Harry wasn't the hero in those books. Neville was, but that's a whole different discussion. Um, but, uh, but like it was the type of writing during a difficult time I was going through. Like I was part of the series. I was unemployed for the first time. I was dealing with trying to come out. I was dealing with all kinds of other mental issues and stuff like that. And that series like helped me get through it. Mm-hmm. And it brought me together with another, a bigger community of people who were also fans of it. And 
since she started spouting her shit about this, it's like, it kind of sickens me to see those books on my shelf. And I, I hate feeling that way. So, um, she's got like, I know there's like an MMO coming for Harry Potter. If it's not already out, I'm not getting it. I'm not going to give her any more of my money than I have to. Um, the wizarding world of Harry Potter, it was something I wanted to do eventually down in universal studios. And because she's kind of a garbage person and the only way I know to send a message to her that she might actually get is to not give her my money. I probably won't ever go to that park. So. But yeah. Anyways. Anyway, I'd rather go to Disney. They got Star Wars. They got Marvel. Yeah. They have gay pride. Well, that was... (laughs) So that's that's kind of funny, actually, that you mentioned that. Um, I've only been one time to Disney for gay days, which isn't actually done by Disney. No, it's not. It's unofficial. It, it, it's it's um, no, it's not. Yeah. I, I Does Disney do have they finally given up the ghost and actually done a gay days or a pride event of their own? I know they sell the pins that the Mickey and they have the Mickey ears, which I've got a set of the rainbow Mickey ears. Yeah. No, they, and it, stuff it's like all that. still technically unofficial. Okay. But yeah, That's what it, I thought. It's still technically unofficial. But I mean, come like, on. If you, if you go to those parks during gay days. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, so no, no, that, that's the funny thing. So the one time I went, I mean, you've, you've done country bear jamboree with all the bears, right? Yes, I have done. Okay, that, yeah, yes. yeah. There's that no was way. a that was a lot of fun, and they actually they actually set up. What's funny about that is they never have a line for that usually, mm-hmm. and I know because I've gone other times. Mm-hmm. But that those days yeah. they have to set up rope lines for the Country Bear Jamboree, which has been there for like decades. Yeah, like yeah, for those of and you that don't nothing know, has changed yeah, in that for, show. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, um, Country Bear Jamboree is one of the few attractions out there that there's never there's never a line a rope line for yeah until gay days because it's a bunch of gay bears in the room watching the show singing along to the songs and having a good time wearing red shirts wearing red shirts that's the that's the thing that was killing me so first of all it's an experience to be around that many gay bears at once crammed into that theater and laughing at the corniest fucking jokes there ever were in that park because they are corny as fuck. They are. And they don't change it. It's the same. No, it's, it's been the same show forever. I mean, even, even for the, the, um, the gay pride thing, even for the, for the bears, it's the same show. They don't change anything. It's just the, the experience, the atmosphere. So, but what's fun about it is, so everyone knows pretty much it's been spread around pretty well that if you go to gay days and you're a bear, well, actually I think it's just all gay, gay people are uh, incurred or they encourage each other to wear red shirts on the day of gay days. Right. Yeah. 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 
Um, so you walk around the park and basically you turn your gaydar off because 90% of the gays are walking around with red shirts on. What I found funny was the one time I went to gay days at the Disney park there at Walt Disney world, I had to laugh because there was definitely a family that did not know that it was gay days because it was, they did not a single one of them looked like they were gay. And it was like a whole family dressed in red shirts, like little kids up to grandma and grandpa, very clearly grandma and grandpa all dressed up in red shirts with, I guess like a family thing on the front. Cause like, that's a thing people do. And I just had to laugh at that. Cause I'm like, Oh, Oh, the, the men better not go into the uh, bathroom on their own. <laughs> well, I got something to say about that. Um, the last time, the last time I was there, which was I think 20, 2018, 2019, 2019, it was no 2018, I think. Anyway, uh, the last time I was there, um, during during gay days um a grandmother and her grandson were there both wearing red shirts because she was supporting him because he's gay yes and that happens and it's possible that entire family could be supporting it's possible but this was like a family of 20 people i don't know and and again i wasn't getting gay vibes from any of them so i don't believe that they were gay or they could have just been supporting they could have just been i i think they just weren't clued into the fact that where red was code for the gay days at walt disney world that day I, i i truly believe that that's the case and very well could be what the the other thing that killed me too was so we were riding a bus from the hotel to the front of the park because they have all kinds of trams and stuff like that to take you to the parks. Uh, um, they're at any of the, ho- pretty much all the hotels in that area basically have some sort of bus that goes to the front door of Disney. Um, but uh Oh God! Now I forgot what I was going to say. They've got um, they've got security checks at the um, ticketing center now. Oh, they do. Well, yeah. that that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but no, the other the thing that was killing me was someone, and apparently this has been happening for decades. Mm-hmm. For gay days, someone hires like a plane that flies a banner behind it about warning people that it's gay days at Disney and not to go and all this other shit. And it's, it's like some Christian bullshit, you know, that, you know, warning families about not going on those days. And I'm like, whatever. Again, like you're going to drag Disney sanctioned thing, but go ahead. Right. Right. But if someone hires a plane to fly over Orlando for the whole weekend with this banner warning families to not go to Disney for gay days. And it's like, they're going to go whether it's gay days or not. Look, here, here, here's the thing about stuff like that. First of all, you're stupid to spend that kind of money on a banner plane. Um, yeah. Second of all, these people that are already there, unless you live in the state of Florida and have season passes, have spent a hell of a lot of money 
Oh, it is insanely expensive to go to Disney. It is. It is insanely expensive. They've spent a hell of a lot of money. Most of these folks coming from other countries have spent a hell of a lot of money to go to these parks. You and your stupid little banner are not going to stop. Yeah, it's not going to stop a damn person from going to Disney. And it's not going to stop. The the biggest thing with gay days is Disney is just super busy. Not that they're not already busy anyways, because that happens like the first weekend in June usually. Uh, so, and that's usually uh, like, <laughs> no, they're, you know, their, their busiest time is their busiest time is, um, is, uh, Christmas and new year's. Is it really? Yes, it is. Their busiest time is Christmas and new year's. Huh? Yeah. I would think it would be like that, like June, early June, especially cause it's right after all, all the schools have let out for the summer. Too hot. Well, it is definitely hot. I will tell you this much, man. I about fainted uh, the one day I was there at Disney for that because it was hotter than hell walking around. Okay. You better believe the country. You you gotta believe. You gotta understand the country bear jamboree. Even with all those all those big bears in there sitting in there was still very cool and very nice in that theater because of the air conditioning. God less air conditioning in in florida okay um rookie mistake don't do anything that involves outside during the summer well, no shit no shit but Maybe. but like a bunch of a bunch of the stuff at disney is outside do all the inside stuff oh yeah no like pirates of the caribbean uh-huh. is wonderful yeah. um again country bear jamboree was great mm-hmm. even space mountain to a certain extent wasn't bad which I actually have a really funny experience with Space Mountain. We are. This is going to be one of the longest podcasts I think we've ever recorded, Brad. Actually, uh-huh. it already is, I'm sure. Yes, um, so I've got a funny story to tell you about Space Mountain. So I've only been to Disney twice. The first time I went, I guess I was about 11. Uh, 11 or 12. So like 20 decades ago is when I went. Um, and... So we were, me, my mom, my brother, and my aunt were at Disney. And it was the first time for both me and my brother to go to Disney. And we did a bunch of rides together that both me and my brother wanted to do at Disney. And most of them were pretty tame because, like, I wasn't big on roller coasters. I still, I'm still not big on roller coasters. And, um, and I also, like... I'm fine with roller coasters as long as I don't go upside down because that, that, that messes me up too much. Um, but like I'll ride roller coasters, but it's not my thing. You know, I like the, I like the other rides and stuff like that. Um, but my aunt was like, all right, we've ridden a bunch of things that we've done a bunch of things that everyone else has wanted to do. I want to ride a roller coaster because we, we were kid, we were young. And roller coasters just weren't our thing. We wanted to do all the fun kid stuff at Disney. You know, the teacups and the, and you know, the other things like that. The Dumbo and she's like, I want to, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Pants flight. It's a small world. Well, I, no one wanted, no one wants to do it. Oh, no, I'm world. telling you right now, it's a small world is an amazing ride in July. It it might it might be it might be wonderful to ride in there to, for because it's a long ride it's a very long ride and, and you get stuck it, right there at the end always 
So yes, and it's in air conditioning, which yeah, is yeah. why you like it in July. Yes. However, that song is agonizing. Like, do you do? Are you like, do you wear like headphones or something through the ride or something to kind of get through it without going crazy? No, I just lean back, close my eyes. Okay, I would need I would need like earplugs. Um, but anyways, my aunt was insistent on us going on a roller coaster. And all right, and we're like, all right, let's do Space Mountain. That's fine. So we get in the line for Space Mountain, and it's it's pretty busy it's getting later in the it's early in the evening so like it's the busy time pretty much for the park and uh the line is long we've waited in line for probably a good 45 minutes because this is this was the days before fast pass and all the other bullshit that goes on although i'm sure there's bullshit that went on that we didn't know about but anyways um so we get up to the point where you can start seeing people getting on the ride. And my brother screams out bloody murder and grabs hold of one of the poles that is in, that is, you know, separating everyone in the lines it says yelling, I'm not getting on this ride. I'm not getting on this ride. And my mom is definitely concerned and she wasn't excited about riding roller coasters. She doesn't like roller coasters either. Um, and she's like, and trying to talk my brother down and everything like that. And she's trying to find out, well, what, what's going on w- with my brother? Uh, what, what's going on with him? And, and uh, he finally says, the cars are, people are getting on the cars and they're not coming back. <laughs> if you've ever ridden that ride, uh-huh. you get on the ride at one spot. But you get off at a totally different spot that you can't see from the spot you get on. Yes. So my brother's hysterical. Me and my mom are like not excited about riding this roller coaster. We're we're like, we tell, we'll be waiting outside at the park bench. We obviously can't take him on this ride. We're not going to traumatize him. So we go out and wait and she goes through and she enjoys the, the roller coaster, but I'm like, Oh my God, this is funny. So finally, when I went to Disney this last time that I went, which was like seven or eight years ago. Now mm-hmm. I finally, for the first time rode space mountain and I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I was under the assumption it was one of those roller coasters that took you upside down and it doesn't. No, it does not. It is actually it a very tame roller coaster. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's um, also one of the slowest. It's also one of the, the the slowest rides in the park, too. That being said, it's uh, I don't know about that. No, the, that the, ride clocks in. You will not believe this, and I guarantee you, folks, you're going to hear him typing in a second. No, no, no. Ride clocks in at about twenty to twenty-five miles an hour. Right, but Big there's Thunder some of the Mountain slower ride. Road is faster. Yeah, Thunder Mountain Railroad is definitely faster. Yes. We rode I ride I, I, I ride. Yeah, I love Thunder Mountain, by the yeah. way. Thunder Mountain I love and I love Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um the thing with Space Mountain is it's very deceiving because it's a dark yes. ride. Yes. It makes you feel that you're going faster than you actually are. Way faster than you actually are. <clears throat> um it's very enjoyable. I definitely suggest it. Do it 
I unfortunately did it after I watched a version of it where they had all the lights on inside. And it's not nearly as impressive with the lights on. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's a, it was a really fun ride. I enjoyed it. Unfortunately, the day I was there, the uh, cameras weren't working for the uh, ride itself. So I didn't get a picture of me on the ride. So it's like, God damn it. But I bet the security cameras were working. Oh, I'm sure they probably were. By the way, folks, every single ride, out, every single one of those rides out there have hidden cameras. I don't care how dark the ride is, or how dark. Oh yeah. I think it is. They're always. Working. They see it they all. See everything. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I I enjoyed myself there. Also, when you go to Disney, get yourself a Dole Whip. Those are very good. I can't wait to go back. You know what really well, stinks is they were planning this big 50th anniversary of the opening of Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it sucks. It really, um, does. It really does. I can't wait to get back down to Florida because I haven't been in a few years down to Florida. Um. I would love to go back to Disney, although I need to take out a mortgage to do it. But I would love to go back to Disney again. What what surprised me about Disney so you much? Know, all you got to do is just be able to afford the the plane tickets down and the tickets into the park. You don't have to afford a place to stay if you don't want to. Well, I know that. Okay. I know that. We've talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because hell, we'll we'll make it a working one. We'll we'll do a podcast together while we're there at the house and everything too. So, um. <laughs> do an actual podcast where we're in the same room together. Scary. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we haven't, we haven't been in a room together in, I think it's six or seven years now. It's been a long time. It's been a really long time. Yeah. We, we definitely need after this finally settles down, we need to fix that, but yeah, we do. Um, but yeah, the, I, I want to go back to Disney. I, I was surprised. Like when I originally went, well, I want to go back, but this time, because I was really rushed the last time and I didn't plan it out right. Um, I wasn't able to go to Epcot because the way they work it out is they do. What was the, what was the schedule they did again? It was Thursday. The bears went to MGM Friday. It was to animal kingdom. Saturday, Saturday was Kingdom. Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Sunday was yes. Epcot. And Sunday was drinking around the world. Yes. Well, when I planned my trip down there, I didn't know about that and didn't get a chance to do Epcot because I was flying out on Sunday. Oh. And I think I would have enjoyed Epcot a lot more. Because we when I went there the first time, first of all, Animal Kingdom wasn't a thing. MGM Studios wasn't a thing. That was that wasn't there the first time I went to Disney. Um, and then when I did Disney this last time, uh, I didn't, I couldn't get a flight in on Thursday or someone to, uh, split the room with me on Thursday, but I could for Friday, Saturday, Friday and Saturday nights. So I just flew in Friday. So I missed the animal kingdom one and I just did magic kingdom and, um, just hung around the hotel on Sunday, which there was always a pool party and such. Cause I was staying at a, at, at an event hotel. So, 
there were there were pool parties and and all sorts of things throughout the weekend as well. So even if you weren't going to the parks, there was still something always going on. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I think but, back uh, then, um, Animal Kingdom was closing at seven p.m. Back then, now they actually have lights in the park at night, so the park can stay on, stay stay open longer. I'm still I'm surprised by that actually. Not that they keep it open. Not that they now have lights there. I mean, that doesn't really surprise me, but I'm surprised they still, they have it open past seven because honestly with animal kingdoms, kind of a different monster. Yeah. Uh, if you think about it, it is because with, with having like, it's like a zoological park, honestly. And with Avatar. you kind of, yeah, I mean, and you've got to give, have that time for the animals away from people. Yeah. Um, and it just takes more upkeep that they wouldn't be able to do while people's necessarily there. Um, well, Animal Kingdom isn't as. I mean, it is as many animals at Animal Kingdom as you would think there are. It's not like Bush. It's no, not it's like not Bush, Bush Gardens. Gardens. Bush Gardens is a totally different thing. Yeah, Bush Gardens uh, is basically a zoo. It's a zoo with roller coasters around it. Yes. And I've actually, so that one, when I went to Florida the last time, um, or no, it was two times ago I went to Florida. I stayed with friends in Tampa because mm-hmm. I hung around the Tampa area. So we went to Bush Gardens. Um, or I say we, I went to Bush Gardens by myself, but I ended up spending the money and I went out into the safari area and got to feed a giraffe and other animals and Got to do that whole experience, and that was really cool. Um, it's worth the extra money if you get a chance to do it. The giraffes are so cool. Um, and don't watch Animal Kingdom or anything like that on uh, on how they fight because that's terrifying to watch. They like bash their necks against each other. It's really, really creepy and disgusting. But anyways, but um, yeah. Video games. Uh-huh. Anyways, yeah. Brad, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about on this? We've talked for quite a while tonight. Yes, we have. But to kind of tie the Disney stuff into video games. Um, so there's a Lion King video game. Yeah. Adventures in the Magic Kingdom on the NES. There you go. That's how you tie Disney World. Into oh, okay. Video okay. Games. Okay. Okay. Which that game is awful. <laughs> which did have space mountain it did have big thunder mountain railroad yeah it, but it was i've seen people play it since then and watching it now it's like so bad yeah it is a it's, bad game i don't understand how i enjoyed it back then it's not it's not a hard game by any stretch of the imagination it's just bad there's no way around it it's like oh uh, someone thought that was an idea yeah yeah it's bad so, well, um, Brad, what is the best way people can reach out to you? Oh yeah. We're doing a gaming podcast, aren't we? Yeah, um, we are doing a gaming <laughs> podcast. Um, I, am, we talked some gaming stuff tonight. Yes, we did. We did. Um, I, I am, uh, Brad the blind everywhere on the internets everywhere. So yay. Uh-huh. So Charles, how can they reach out to you? The best way to get hold of me is if you just look up 
look for Chuck AW1977. Uh, I'm pretty much that way everywhere, including Twitch, Twitter, that sort of thing. The only place I'm not that is on YouTube where I post nothing, so don't even worry about that. But if you want to look me up on there, I'm Chuck AW on there. So, uh, What is the best way for people to get hold of the Gamer Show? Well, um, there are two ways. If you would like to send us an email, it's thegamershowpodcast at gmail.com. Thegamershowpodcast at gmail.com. G-A-Y-M-E-R. Um, let us know um, any type of um, questions, comments, complaints, snide remarks. Um, anything that you want to send us, the email is open. Um, also, we do have a Discord. Uh, you can find the link to the Discord. I'm not about to give it out right now because it's a bunch of letters and numbers. But um, you can find the link to the Discord in the show notes of the podcast. Um, so whatever podcast um, app you choose to use, um, just look at the description, and the link will be right there in the description. So. Yep. Yay. Well, it has been a pleasure potting with you tonight. Have a good one, Charles. Thank <laughs> you.